Welcome, everybody, to Absurd Curiosity Podcast, the only podcast where you can find eh, four qualified, unqualified individuals talking about things we may or may not have a clue about. I'm your host among hosts, Cole Adam Davis. As always, I am joined by the beautiful Stephen Pelota. How's it going, everyone? I've got the just ravishing Scotty Smith. Yo. And I've also got, like, the glue that holds us together, makes the podcast just possible, Austin Blaschke. Hey, what's up, guys? And today we've got a just ravishing, oh my god, just just amazing person with us, a special guest, Josh Poppy Becknell. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) So, for people to get to know you, uh, Josh, you are just getting into cybersecurity and you're kind of uh, a cell phone guru. You, you kind of, um, you know a lot about the space and you know a lot about, about the behind the scenes, uh, inner workings yeah. of cell phone companies, basically. Yeah, I work for an uh, unnamed evil corporation. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of them out there. You're gonna have to be a little bit more specific, Josh. Yeah, no, I'm trying to be vague on purpose. Yeah, no, and then uh, when it comes to cybersecurity, I'm still a script kitty. Like, I know more than the average person, but, like, I'm not – you wouldn't trust me with your uh, security engineering team yet. (laughs) I mean, everybody's got to start somewhere. And, you know, I I think especially getting from your point of view just in cybersecurity in general, I I think it's going to add a little bit more to the viewership. I mean, not everybody here is professionals. Like we said, we're unqualified professionals. So you'll fit right in here. Sweet. (laughs) So uh, I'm talking out of my ass. That's all. Yeah. That's all <laughs> this podcast. Three times, hey man. <laughs> How do you know Cole and Scotty? Uh, we went to high school together. I don't think me and Josh really started talking until after I left Live Oak. Yeah, because the first time I met you was at uh, Noah's party. Was it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like I think my junior or senior year. When? So y'all didn't have any classes together? No, nah, we never no. really had any classes. Uh, Josh and I had AP Psychology together junior year. Bro, you, me, and Cole were cut up. So I think that's where I first kind of got to know you, I feel like. Yeah. In, like, yeah, like in, that, we, in that class. Yeah, we were aware of each other, but like we weren't like friends or anything up until that point. Josh and I hung out at LSU probably that a lot that first uh, first year together. Oh, yeah. our, our friend groups kind of like collided freshman year as well, like during football season and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So that was a good time. Good do you times. Guys, do you guys ever look back at like your freshman, sophomore year of college and you go, holy shit, was, I was a crackhead. Like just the things Bro, that I oh, did. No, no doubt. No doubt. Daily, oh, daily. I, I did a lot of regretful things. <laughs> Scotty has like a million reasons to hate me. I don't see why he still like, likes me. <laughs> so I have this video of Josh in my dorm, like walking like a crab, like, like this on all fours and like just running towards me. <laughs> okay, so like you're not far off, yeah. I kind of, I kind of uh, have the same feeling towards Scotty too. Like I did some crackhead shit back in freshman, uh, sophomore. Actually, it might have been my junior year. No, it was my sophomore year. Yeah, it was my sophomore year at it college. Was yesterday. Yeah, because because we were freshmen. <laughs> yeah, because we were freshmen. Josh and I were freshmen. Josh, did Scotty ever tell you whenever we was it the Amine concert that we went to? Um, Maybe. I ended up staying. I had like this hammock, like you know those uh, Inu or Eno, uh, like hammocks, like the little hammocks that you wrap around a tree. Yeah. And, and you could like sleep in them. Uh, mm-hmm. Whenever he was staying in his uh, dorm, you know how they had the tall bunk beds. My crackhead, oh, yeah. my crackhead ass uh, needed a place to stay, so I wrapped one of those hammocks underneath his bed. This is true. How'd that work out yeah. for you? I slept fucking amazing. It worked out <laughs> great. It. Uh, do you think your uh, old roommate's gonna see this? Uh, I don't really keep touch with him anymore, but dog. I mean, oh, there's God. a chance he might. Jesus. I said dog. <laughs> I don't know. Like, he, he was a cool dude. He was a cool dude. Yeah, no, for sure. Really, really for cool sure. dude. Yeah. Kind of messy. Wait, 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 wait. Are, are you talking about the guy named after a cracker? <laughs> oh, I'm not. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say yes josh yeah what made you get into cybersecurity? uh oh it's it, I, I just there's just like a weird draw i have to it just like because I, I don't know i've always loved like heist films and stuff and the way i view like uh white hat hacking is like being able to pull off like a bank heist but legally you know mm. Mm. Gotcha. and so i don't know i i 
I feel like I'm gonna get a thrill out of it because like I have the DVWA installed on my VM, which is the damn vulnerable web application, and mm-hmm. I've been practicing like hacking on it. I'm still like on the beginner level, and oh, nice. it's just like so exhilarating whenever you solve a problem. Like literally yesterday, uh, I was playing around in my VM. And mm-hmm. I accidentally solved a problem that's been bugging me for four months. It's wow. a good feeling. And just like, yeah. I, I, you just get this huge urge, like huge feeling of uh, accomplishment. It, so, it's just, like, yeah. there's nothing that compares to it, honestly. So it's more that's about, so it's more of about uh, problem solving rather than, oh, you yeah. know, getting the money or, you know, heisting and. No. no, no, the money's nice. Like, don't don't get me wrong. That, that's a huge <laughs> of reason why I'm on it. But like, there's a lot of things you can make a lot of money in. But there's just something like I'd rather take a pay cut and be in cybersecurity. You know? Oh yeah, that's that's when you know you have a passion for something. You know? Now, oh, yeah. the problem solving. So like, I mean, especially like you want to get more into white hack, uh, white hat hacking, uh, like finding vulnerabilities rather yeah, than like uh, actively thinking of how things like cybersecurity. In my opinion, I think. It, what I understand is thinking of different ways how a criminal could get in and then writing code to block them from doing that. Well, yeah, that's essentially what it is. But there's so many different branches in cybersecurity. Like everyone, well, IT in general, there's just so many massive branches. And Mm -hmm. the thing is like we try to put like strict names on these different positions. And like there are a few things like system admin and help desk that, you know, definitely need a strong name, like definite name. But there's just so many like little uh, positions that are kind of like Swiss Army knives. Okay. And it's the same thing in cybersecurity. There's just so many different positions. There's just so many different things you could do in mm-hmm. cybersecurity. And the thing that I'm trying to get into is uh, called the Red Team. And the Red Team is basically uh, a group of pen testers or penetration mm-hmm. testers that Ooh. go and purposely hack into a system. Obviously, they get like legal permission from the company mm-hmm. and the company's mm-hmm. paying them a lot of money. And they just do audits. And mm-hmm. then there's the other part of cybersecurity that just gets the reports from Red Team and tries to patch everything up. Okay. And then there are people mm-hmm. who actively update. Like most uh, security engineers mm-hmm. have the easiest job in the world. Like not not to take away from most, mm-hmm. but like they, there's just some positions in the security engineers where literally all they do, they go on their Ubuntu terminal, <laughs> they type in sudo apt update and sudo apt upgrade, and boom, they just do that five days a week and that's it yeah because a lot of uh security programs right like are already installed but the thing is there are so many people who are illiterate in linux and that's what a lot of servers run off of so if you're yep. pretty literate in linux like you could get so many different types not just cybersecurity, but it positions in general that's really? why i'm uh yeah that's why i'm playing around a lot in cali linux it's like a debian distro of linux mm-hmm. uh the same as ubuntu and like yeah, I think course. Mint Mobile, not Mint Mobile, but like the Mint um, Linux is uh, mm-hmm. uh, based off of Debian. So and my my thing good. with Linux is I tried using it because I was like, oh, I'm gonna be a hacker one day, and I like wanted to get into <laughs> it. And then I got tired of having to reinstall the fucking audio drivers each time I turn the computer on. Well, wait, which uh, version of Linux were you using? Oh, frick! It was um. I can't remember. I'm going to have to ask Chase on which one he installed on my computer, but I can't remember. It was, like, during high school, like, whenever I, I was in junior year. So I think it was, um... Because it honestly... I think it was Ubuntu. Yeah, it, it, all, it all depends on the version you get, which, like, uh, distro you get. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's one of the yeah, things. Yeah. That's why Linux isn't mainstream. Uh, and it's not that that's a negative thing. It is kind of difficult, and there is a little bit of a learning curve. Mm-hmm. It's not as easy... Like now it's much easier than it used to be because you can easily download a GUI, but it's just it's not as simple as Windows or Mac OS. Yeah. Do you so, uh, do you so often brings... use Linux on the um, what's it called the Raspberry Pi? Uh, I had I want to get one and I like they're pretty um... cheap. I just never like whenever I was about to like order some, the pandemic started and there's just a bunch of other uh... things on my plate, so I just haven't had time to you know buy one and just dedicate myself to try to using it. Because uh, Linus Tech Tips, they put out a video where they use the Raspberry Pi as like a VPN. I was actually going to ask you if you were going to uh, either use the Raspberry Pi as a VPN or are you going to connect it to like your your uh, modem or whatever and get like a permanent ad blocker throughout all your devices without even having I, to download it. Knowing what I know now, I'm going to do an ad blocker. 
question. Um, since we're talking about Linux, um, what's your favorite OS system for Linux? So oh, far? Kali. Kali by far. Like, I, I like Parrot OS. Like, Parrot OS is cool, but it's very much, whenever you're looking at it, it looks like the Fallout Terminal uh, minigame. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> like, it, there's so much, like, green text. And it's cool at first. But it, like that, that it gets it annoying, and I make. know that's so that's such a dumb reason to hate it. And there's ways to customize it, but Cali, it's just it feels smoother. Like Cali just feels a lot easier and a lot. What does Cali look use. like? Austin, can you pull up Cali? What Cali looks like for us? Just for people that don't. Oh no, it's with a K, not C. Yeah, uh, for yeah people yeah, like yeah. me, I, I have no idea what this is. Jesus. Scotty, how much of this is going over your head right now? Uh, all of it. Uh, <laughs> I think we're just like politely Almost... like nodding. We're like. I'm like, okay, I'm like, I have no background in this. Uh, I don't even know what Linux is. I was going to ask a question, but I felt like that was, that would, that would have, that would have, that would have like rewinded our whole conversation. If <laughs> no, I was like, I, so oh what's Linux? <laughs> I feel like no, no, we no, don't no. know a lot about the topic. We end up just sitting here and we're like, well, no, that's like why listening. You, that's why you got to come in. You got to be like, okay, um, I know, don't treat me like a child, but um, what's Linux? Like, you got to ask. Might not be no, 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 no. It's like the, uh, explain like I'm five thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I've, I've heard. Scott. Okay, tell tell it to me like I'm five. <laughs> right, I've heard of Linux. Okay. I just have zero idea of what goes on and why people use it. Okay, so Cali's uh, super clean looking. Oh yeah, no, I love it. So Linux is just like an open source uh, operating system. So like Windows and Mac OS, okay. it's just another operating system that's open source. So anybody can really code it. It's it's like. Mm -hmm. um, in a way, it's kind of like Android versus Apple. Um, Android's a lot more open source. You can customize it all the different ways right. and whatnot, and that's pretty much it. A lot of people that are computer savvy and like uh, internet security and whatnot normally go for uh, Linux OS because they could do a lot more on it. It's just very, it's free, it's open source. You know, also, why. you don't have Apple or Microsoft getting all your data. Yeah. 100%. This is just like a pure... Like, uh, I forget the guy's name. I know it's Linus something. I forget what his last name is. But uh, basically, it, like I said, it's just open source. There's no data tracking. You don't have to worry okay. about any pre-installed apps like iCloud or right. Google. Or, uh, I'm, I'm, so uh, just, I'm sorry, my mind's drawing a blank right now. But no, you know yeah. what I mean? Just any of these yeah, yeah. third-party apps like stealing any of your data. Right, so it's safer. You need to know... And, for Scotty, another thing you need to know is that Linux is uh, everything's used through the console, so you okay. you have to type everything. Everything you want to do, you have to type not, it in. Not necessarily anymore. It it's it's a lot way. more accessible now, right? There's a bunch more like uh, add-ons that you can get just to automatically pull things up. But like okay. anything like in depth, you have to do through the console. Got so like commands. Commands, yeah. yeah. That's what a console. Okay. Is. That's where the console is yeah, where yeah. you enter commands. Right. Right. Yeah, okay. but the thing is, Linux is getting so popular now. There's GUIs for any popular application. What's so, like Metasploit? Like, uh, GUI is a graphical user interface. Okay, gotcha. So basically, uh, a UI. And yeah, so UI. You can get a GUI for like, for example, there's a thing called Cage, which is a GUI for Metasploit. And Metasploit is basically one of the main tools that uh, white hat hackers and black hat hackers use to get literally any information. You could uh, write malware and stuff with it. Mm -hmm. Like you could uh, create a file and that file could give you access to that person's like uh, webcam, the what oh. they're doing, their file system. But like you do have to get their IP address and you do have to get them a way to get it on their computer. So that's where uh, you get like those spam emails. Gotcha. Like, you know, saying, oh, uh, Google saw this. I mean, there's a Google security breach. Click this to reset your password. Yeah. Oh, and that's so like, the difference like between that and a, well, no, 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 that's the difference between that and phishing. So phishing oh. will bring you to a link where it's a fake website, mm -hmm. whereas this it, it'll just download. It'll bring you to the right website, but when it does that, it'll also download that the, uh, the malware that or whatever. Bring. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. How easy is it to get somebody's IP address? Like how how simple is that for a hacker? If they're not using a VPN or if they're not proxying to a different server, it's pretty easy uh, if they're hosting anything. Like, say, for example, you're hosting a website. Mm -hmm. Literally, all I have to do is just type in the website, open up Burp Suite. And if I have Burp Suite already uh, synced, not synced, but uh, programmed uh, properly with my browser, mm -hmm. it'll pull up the IP that it's being hosted from. 
Mm. I think yeah. somebody did that to me because I was talking trash on Xbox Live one time. And I got, <laughs> My dad I, um... works for Microsoft. He's going to get his <laughs> account. No, yeah, yeah. People... I got DDoSed. I got DDoSed when I was playing Call of Duty and I was just saying, like, get shit on. And uh, <laughs> this, kid was, this kid was like, hey, hey, Jobby's Bindle. That was my gamer tag at the time, which is, yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> they were like, oh, I'm going to put you offline. And I was like, bet, bitch. And sure enough, a couple seconds later, I got DDoSed. Damn. Yeah. Like I said, I'm still a script kitty. So I don't know what program they were using or how they did it over Xbox. Yeah, I don't I'm know. I'm pretty sure they didn't have it. I'm they, pretty sure they, they just found and he, it. And he called out my IP and well, he said that um he said you live in Denham Springs, Louisiana, area code seven oh seven oh six, and I was like Ooh. holy yeah, shit. No, he, I was yeah, like, he, yeah, he got your IP. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was like, I'm terrified, I'm getting off. Because usually, like, what a lot of people do to intimidate is, like, if you're on Twitter and you have your location on and you just put, like, oh, I'm from Dem Springs, all you have to do is Google Dem Springs IP address and they'd be like, mm -hmm. I know your IP, asshole, and just type out your IP address. Huh. But, like, they, they didn't find it, you know, through hacking or anything. They just, all they had to do is use Google and they just knew where you were. Scare tactic, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. no, that's what a lot of, uh, what's it called, people from Xbox do. Yo, Josh. Yeah, that's crazy because I didn't even know the kid. I, I didn't even say where I was from. He just... On that note, yeah, yeah Josh, probably use the program to find your uh, to find where you were at. To find it, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Josh, um, quick question, uh, like quick little note. Didn't you tweet out? Uh, didn't you write some code and tweet like make your tweet look like it came from like a George Foreman grill? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what? Yeah. Wait, so, like, what? you know how it says Twitter for iPhone? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I changed it to Twitter from George Foreman Grill. <laughs> can can everyone else see that or is it only No, 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 you see it. Everybody sees it. That's um, amazing. I see that it, so it's, bad. It's not that hard. I I honestly just uh I, like someone on I was going through a form and someone posted about how they did it. Like they made it look like they tweeted from like their lamp. <laughs> and basically they they really they put all the uh, coding up for me all i had to do was i had to change my account to a twitter developer account mm -hmm. and basically they do that they, they open it up on purpose so literally no matter what program you have you could code your own twitter app or i mean not program but whatever uh hardware or os that you have okay yeah and so basically i made it look like i was making a uh program for a george foreman like a twitter client for a george foreman grill <laughs> and basically That's awesome. all Future i did <laughs> yeah yeah and then <laughs> i had like a i downloaded this thing from the windows uh store it was like at a, a debian uh linux console really? and it used python and like all i had to do was i forget the exact way i did it but all i had to do was open up a python program in that linux terminal and then i copy and pasted that code in there Mm -hmm. And I just changed the lamp to George Foreman. George Foreman girl. And then I oh, was able man. to type out my tweet in that Linux command prompt. And mm -hmm. then, or I mean, the Python command prompt. And then I hit enter and it tweeted it for me. Dude. Nice. Incredible. Dude. What's up? That's almost as revolutionary as Neuralink. So, Josh, did Might you see. More. <laughs> Josh, did you see the presentation last night? Uh, no, I didn't watch it. I went to bed pretty early. It was mm. amazing. Mm. Uh, Steven said he wasn't impressed by it. Like, why? I, I right, wasn't here, let me, really let me, let me give you my, my rationale. Okay, so was it impressive? Yes. Was it as impressive as the way Elon talks about it on the Joe Rogan podcast? Not nearly as yeah. impressive, right? I think it you, is. You have this... this I mean, there, there's... There's At the end of the of day, I, you have to lower your expectations with whatever exactly, he says. Exactly. Because whatever like he, he says he does, is very different than whatever. The the day. Yeah. Oh, he's he's a master marketer. Is he amazing at what he does? Like, yes, absolutely. Like, there's some fantastic stuff coming out. But at the same time, it's you know when when you're talking about saving state and you know replaying memories and you know pulling extractions from your dreams, it's very different than okay, we're sensing signals from a pig snorting food. So like that's, it, that's, it, that's, that is impressive in its own right, it, but it's not nearly yeah. as impressive as the hype that's over here. Yeah, so, so he, also, yeah. he also expressed that in in human trials, right, the, the only thing that the Neuralink is able to do, right now at least, is, you know, solve minor issues with the, spr the spine and brain right? that's actually so, not true that's actually not true they're gonna be able to solve a lot more at the uh, but i'm saying right now 
right now right, right now if they were to do it available they right uh, so it was really less impressive because of how they released it at this point so one thing you have to remember is uh for me whenever i was watching it this was very groundbreaking and there's a lot that they glazed over that the average person that doesn't understand neurology uh would be like oh shit that's impressive um but so best way i can explain it right for so apple has the uh, conference WWDC, which is basically the, the developers conference, right? So that's when you get mm-hmm. like, oh, this is like this program we came out with. We came out with this new iOS uh, coding tool. And most iPhone users are like, okay, that's cool, I guess. But the developers are like, holy shit, this will allow us to make so much more content. That's what the update was. It was more for recruiting. And people that were able to understand what they were doing at that high level, uh, that would encourage them to go work there. So, like, uh, it was basically the developers' conference of uh, Neuralink. It, it wasn't made it's, for, like, the whole broad public. Yeah, of course. It's, 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 at the beginning that he was looking for people to develop the machines, develop the yeah. device, you know, all of that, right? So Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's also similar to ba- – uh, not Battery Day. That'll be interesting, too. But it's similar to Autonomy Day, right? It was a couple months ago or um, – I don't even know, almost a year, I feel like, at this point. But everyone was like, oh, my God, they're going to show off a full self-driving car. And to a degree, they had some demo drives where they brought people out, and they showed them that. But 98% of what was said that day just went over everybody's head, and the stock actually ended up going down the next day. Which is So it's, it's, it's like to the majority of people, they want to see something. They don't want you to just give most them crazy numbers that see. they can't comprehend yeah yeah most people want to see a finished product right? yeah exactly. and, yeah, and that's, of course that's not what Neuralink was last night and i think one thing that a lot of people glazed over was the um the pig whenever it was walking on the treadmill right uh, that they, one was pretty impressive they yeah. had yeah. the joints and they had they had figure out within a reasonable degree where that joint would be now that's pretty groundbreaking i don't think that's really been ever they should have spent more time on that that was pretty yeah they they went so he's just, it's just it ended up turning into a joke it's like haha pig on a treadmill <laughs> yeah like, yeah this is amazing. No, was... talk about this show us this the live uh action potential firing in in the pig was uh, groundbreaking in, in no, itself like we had that with the utah array but it wasn't wireless and you could tell like that was actually a live demo because whenever the pig was like touching the food you could watch at the same time it was firing it's firing it's firing and i mean also some of the the notes i'm not sure if you noticed this scotty they were talking about how with the chip inside of it to save battery life they were they weren't refreshing super fast they were refreshing at a very low rate but the thing mm-hmm. was 20 hertz is still way faster than action potential is so that kind of gave me a realization that Neuralink could be very, very efficient on battery life in the early stages yeah. because our action potentials fire so slow to a, a 75 hertz monitor that's refreshing 75 times per second. It's really fascinating what, what they ta- they talked about last night. I mean, sorry, I was going yeah. off on a rant. No, no, for but, sure. Uh, so, uh, Josh, <laughs> uh, me and you have already kind of talked about this pretty in detail. Uh, this is actually one of the things that recently got us talking again so what's your feelings on uh internet service providers oh the isps yeah yeah the, i don't know i feel like they're uh the, i feel like if they don't innovate within the next 10 years it's going to take a real hurting to their business because of uh, starlink that's that also point. there's just so many different i think it's going to get to the point where 5g is going to get so fast and it's going to be everywhere now we might not even need isps we'll just use our phone uh, service as our uh, data or as our uh, internet connection. Well, so like Mm -hmm. the internet will have to be truly, I mean, as far as like mobile internet service providers, we're going to, they're going to have to like open up the amount of data that we're able to use per month because I think it's going to be a combo because everyone has routers in their house. Mm -hmm. And so I think like, for example, if you're a, um, let's, let's make up a company. If you're part of company ABC, Mm-hmm. and you get your phone uh, data through them, mm-hmm. and you also get your internet data through ABC, they'll be able to use those routers. This is just a theory. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, There's no plans or any from any company saying this. But I believe that it's going to get to a point where all these companies are going to have to get together, kind of like how Google and Microsoft and Apple have gotten together on various topics and mm-hmm. issues, where everywhere you go, you don't have to be connected to their 
router in the sense of like getting their password or anything mm-hmm. but in order to get small things like uh google maps directions or being mm-hmm. able to load a web browser page or being able to get an iMessage message uh, mm-hmm. through their router instead of through the cell signal just to take some uh, pressure off the cell towers mm-hmm. and also i think it'll be like a thing that people can opt into like you save 50 percent on your internet bill if you open yourself up for this secondary public access thing no one can touch your records like no one's mm-hmm. going to break into your router no one's going to be able to see your data but there's just going to be a secondary chip in there that will relay a 5g signal in order to get people extra mm-hmm. coverage indoors so my thing That's is interesting theory my thing is currently we don't have a standard 5g because uh, no, we got at&t problem because they got AT&T that says, oh, we've got 5G, when in actuality, it's pretty much just a little bit higher-end 4G, in my opinion. Oh, no, uh, that's the Edge, the 5G Edge. Yeah. That, that literally, yeah, that's just fancy 4G. And, I, like, there's a lawsuit right now that they're about to lose, I think. Or um, I say I Verizon? Think, but Verizon's doing the same thing. Mm. Verizon's doing the exact same thing, where they're starting to put that little E... And then T-Mobile mm-hmm. just completely lies and says, oh, we have nationwide 5G coverage. It's not real <laughs> <Yeah>. 5G. <laughs> it's <laughs> not. like... They advertise it being all over South Louisiana. Who do you know yeah. who has a T-Mobile connection that actually likes it? Around? No, no. Not a single I've not, person. I've not, I've not met anybody who is satisfied with their services. No, hey, I'm, I'm not, not gonna lie. T-Mobile. I'm not gonna lie. I have T-Mobile. I've had T-Mobile for a year and a half, and I've never had a single issue. I always well, have where, service where, everywhere. Where, I go. where are you uh, located? Uh, I'm located in Alabama, South. Well, Alabama. yeah, yeah. In Alabama, that's different. I'm talking about like South, South uh, Louisiana. Louisiana. Because, like, on their data coverage maps, that's what I look at to see if they're BSing or not, yeah. uh, any of these companies. And it just oh, shows Lord. full coverage through uh, South Louisiana. They're honest, and, you know, there's barely any coverage in North Louisiana. But, like, it shows full coverage in Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and New Orleans, like the important cities. And mm. nobody has any decent coverage except New Orleans. My, uh, mm. my friend, actually, uh, he used to live down the street from me. He used to have T-Mobile, and he would be on the toilet, had zero bars. He could take two steps to the right, has five bars. Yeah. Yeah, there's <laughs> body everywhere else. But I think when that I, Sprint is going to help him. Yeah, that was just I, I, I have I Sprint, and I have Sprint is, as well. Yeah, it's been great, especially mm-hmm. especially with the merger part. Yeah, I, I will have to admit as well, on my trip to Cali, uh, I never lost signal once. Well, Cali's always been super trip. strong. But well, like I drove. Doing. I drove cross country. Oh, so um, yeah, all of it. Yeah, all. even even in Louisiana, I never, I never lost really? service. Yeah, Dude, I had good service the whole a- way. AT and T. Well, also you were on mostly on the interstate, and all the ma- major service providers always put poles right That's next true. to the inter- in, right next to the interstate. Um, but I don't know. AT and T. Whenever I was in Cali- California sucked every time i go to the west sucked i couldn't even get like good internet where everybody else had five bars whenever i was like at lake arrowhead everybody else had five bars on verizon i ain't had shit i couldn't i couldn't send a text couldn't do anything one of the things is is like i know the huge problem is that we view the isps and these cable companies as having their own mini monopolies in Mm -hmm. these different areas Mm -hmm. and i think it's incidentally the same way with the uh, cell phone carriers because there's only so many places you can put cell towers before it becomes a huge hindrance to the public. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that's why California has a much stronger T-Mobile customer base because they have more T-Mobile towers. And that's why down in Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama, it's always either been AT&T, Sprint, or Verizon mm-hmm. because they're the ones with the dominant towers. Like uh, T-Mobile is just too late to the party. So uh, here's a super hypothetical question, but I think it's it's worth asking, right? And you, you might be able to appreciate this. So we we have Starlink coming out soon, right? Pulling your your internet from space, like 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 a, a dish satellite for your TV, right? Mm-hmm. Could you put one of those receivers on a an airship, right? Like a it's like a, a not a hot air balloon, but a, a blimp, something like a blimp. And can you have that just float around and provide coverage for uh, a good region for a few? Yeah, that's miles? something that uh, me and Cole were talking about, actually. So you could definitely do that. And that's why one of the reasons why I believe the traditional ISPs, like for consumers, aren't going to isn't going to be the same 10 years from now. Like, obviously, yeah. for companies like businesses, they need to have that land connection. Like, I don't think there's mm. anything. No matter how quickly, even if it's like a one millisecond ping, the land connection is still going to be better. And yeah, so, yeah. but for consumers, that's going to be a huge thing. Like what I was talking about a second ago with the routers, 
and what you're saying now with the blimps, like the uh, having like little blimps. Facebook was uh, testing this in Africa and like a few of these other uh, places that don't have a lot of internet coverage. And basically, they put up blimps, and but the where they messed up, well, to everybody else was that they the internet was Facebook to these people Yo, because Austin. they had no concept of what the internet was outside of Facebook. That's true. But if you open it up to a company that just does access to you to the internet where you could operate windows mac and all that you know normally mm-hmm. that, that that's one of the things like that starlink could do with these blimps or any other company could do with these blimps like what you're saying mm-hmm. where you could just have them up in the air honestly i don't think it'd be a good idea i think it'd be smarter just to have these satellites placed up at different locations and hotspots to give these well, people and rather than yeah, having that's blimps. true but i i don't think we're going to have a, the technology yet for the ping to be decent because, like I said, we need a consumer solution. Because, like, consumers don't need the fastest LAN internet unless they're doing uh, stuff professionally uh, from mm-hmm. their house. But 90% of people aren't, you know? Yeah. And even, like, even if you're doing professional stuff like Zoom calls or Microsoft documents, you still don't need that high of a ping. No, you don't, uh, you don't need that. It's, it's mostly for, like, uh, Twitch streamers. And gamers. Like, yeah, yeah, people mm-hmm. who do like a lot of content creation. So I, I, I believe Starlink is going to open up a lot. Uh, it's just going to allow the world, eventually when all the satellites are up there, it's going to allow for the entire world to be able to access. But my thing is, rather than putting oh, no, blimps, right. up, blimps up in the air, we could just use the satellites that Starlink is going to have. Like You would just need more, yeah, yeah, that, more that's what Starlink. Yeah. Like, the blimp would allow for a much faster ping than those satellites will. But would it, though? Mm. Well, no, it would because it's closer. I mean, but this still has to go from the blimp to the computer, and then well, the know. computer saying, back to the blimp. Like, and going to the, instead of going like to the satellite, like the so correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it like they have like these different uh, data, not data, uh, these different data centers, I guess, where they relay that information up to the satellites to the receiver that the person has. So. They, Basically, kind of like the general idea? So basically the general idea is, all right, so you're on your laptop, right? And you're connected to the satellite. Like the satellite, uh, so the satellite up in the atmosphere, and then you have like this UFO type disc that's plugged into your router, right? So you type where you want to go. It goes from your computer to your uh, router, and then it goes to the little like UFO disc, and then it shoots it up into, the, into space with the satellite. And then the satellite mm-hmm. bounces the uh, information from each satellite in space and then sends it to a data center and then it gets all the information and sends it back up it's never yeah so, yeah, so basically they could do that same concept but with blimps as well like you can still connect to the uh satellites mm-hmm. but if you're like in a city if you have some blimps uh floating you know not as high as a plane or as high as a helicopter but a little bit lower but kind of out of the range of everybody else to where it's not going to interfere with any buildings or anything like that or any birds um and that that way you know you could spread better coverage because even in your house if you have your router high up in your closet compared to it being lower in your closet you're going to have better uh signal well so like i think like having that like having blimps would be would be a better signal Mm -hmm. than uh, satellite and a better signal than a lot of cell towers. Are you saying for like a cell phone carrier, or are you saying like oh, you know, for I'm a house? About like, the, that's the thing. It's like I don't think there's going to be a difference in the future. I think it's all going to be literally the, everything's going to be connected. One thing, you, yeah. You have like one password and one login, and that's it. Like you don't have to worry about every place you go to. You have to log into a router. You know, you just have you pay a monthly subscription to mm. these companies, and you just have a login and password and yeah so you wouldn't have a cell phone company you wouldn't have a uh a a home internet provider yeah you would just have this company and that sucker just follows you everywhere you go yeah that's what i think is going to happen in the future that's where i see uh it going all your money's going to daddy elon yeah pretty much like (laughs) yeah but i mean there are different things like uh, uh you know the blimp is also really good Co- not compromise, but a really good uh, idea. Okay. The only problem with the blimp you have to do is just worry about uh, atmospheric conditions. Yeah, right. that would be yeah, my yeah, thing. I mean, like you, obviously, there's going to have to be a little bit of planning out. You know, to, you know where to have them, how to operate them, how to repair them, how to fi- how to make it financially profitable. Mm. My thing is, I think having uh, like we have now, so like all the cell phone towers are LinkedIn landline. I think just having a big like Direct TV satellite at all these carriers and just having that 
uh, cell phone tower, contact your phone or your computer, or whatever, and then using the DirecTV-esque satellite, the UFO disc, to send it up to to just pull the signal to in. pull the signal from the satellite. Yeah, that's, that's how true. I think it's yeah. gonna go. Hmm. You already have the towers set up in place, so just pull it in using the satellites mm -hmm. and then extract it as yeah, just the some other four G signal. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of global internet, Josh, um, I wanted to ask your opinions on cyber threat maps. Um, I the current one I use the most is the FireEye cyber threat map. Uh, mm -hmm. I just want to know if if you thought it was a viable and reasonable comparison to what is actually happening in cyber attacks. Uh, so Austin, can I you pull up say, FireEye so we can look at it for people that don't yeah. know what it looks like? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a misrepresentation or anything like that. Like it, okay. it's not that it's uh, misrepresenting everything, but everything that could be a cyber a security attack, it does show on there. So, uh, for example, there's a program called InMouth. It's what uh, people call a loud attack, where it's very clear and evident that you're being attacked, and it shows who you're being attacked by. And it goes to so many different uh, places at once because it scans the internet for, like, uh, what's it called, like, for different uh, places that you've had your email account linked to or a certain username account link, uh, linked to. It's mostly uh, meant for emails and stuff. Like I said, I'm not an expert in it. Like this is just from okay. just about two or three days studying from what I, I could, you know, see. So it's not like, uh, but basically the general idea is that say, for example, there's one guy in Spain who launched an in-map attack on a certain email just to find where that email was registered to, like all these different websites. They're mm -hmm. not attacking these different websites. They're just scanning it for, you know, the email. And mm -hmm. so it just shows mm -hmm. up as like an attack, but people okay. might misinterpret that as someone attacking all these different places. Okay, so okay, so basically, whenever they're in actuality, they're not just trying to find one email. Attack. It's not they're attacking the United States. It's just they're looking for one email on yeah. a server. So, like, so say we'll... for example, it's attacking a Gmail account. It'll be hitting the Google servers in like California. It'll mm -hmm. be hitting a server for Spotify in Norway. It'll be hitting a server for alibaba in china or wherever they have their service for alibaba so um you said that there was a loud attack right or, or that allows these people to recognize you know attacks going on yeah it's, it's just basically large. what that means it's super easy for cybersecurity forensic people to find you okay and the thing is if you try to be smart and use a vpn they could see that uh, the IP address and the port, the DNS that you use belongs to a server for a VPN. Mm -hmm. They'll contact that company, and if they subpoena that company, they, they could get that data, and they could see that it was you that Oh, yeah, yeah. That's All it does, it just takes an extra two weeks to find you. So I know this is kind of like a little bit off, but I didn't have this idea, but um, what did you think about the big four going in front of uh, Congress? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, that's just one of those things we're going to have to get used to. <laughs> it's going to be like Christmas. Like, all right, guys, what did you do this time? All right, yeah. whose data did you steal? All right, <laughs> what countries are spying on us? Come on now. Give it up. I found it so interesting. And honestly, I don't respect uh, Mark Zuckerberg at all. And a lot of things he does, I still don't respect him. Uh, Bro, like, everyone has these—I don't mean to go off on this tangent, but, like, everyone has these conspiracies that he's a lizard— and, like, I, I can't blame people for thinking that. The dude, like, has such a smooth fucking face, barely any eyebrows, and he's going for, like, a Greek emperor look. Like, he's trying to, like, fucking Caesar or something with his haircut. Like, the dude looks like an alien. I and mean, like, oh, yes, I do love sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce. <laughs> It'd be a pretty pretty big threat if he actually was from uh, from some lizard world out there. But uh, you know, just thinking, what what are some of the the major threats that uh, are currently out there in cybersecurity? Some some of the largest ones that we have to to work. Well, the largest one, in my opinion, was what happened to Equifax, where everyone like I think it was like 150 million people's social security numbers were leaked. Oh shit! Oh, oh, oh someone. When when did that happen? Uh, this happened like. 2016 2017 oh okay it's a huge massive deal like i think there's going to be a large lawsuit about it i mean 150 million that is a lot yeah there's a bunch of people's social security numbers uh got leaked a bunch of people's like passwords mm. to uh aquifax and a lot of these credit score companies got leaked jesus and it was like the worst yeah. and like they uh aquifax has a branch in argentina and mm -hmm. they had the worst security of any company on the planet 
literally it got leaked that their password and admin was literally just admin and password <laughs> what Dude, literally and it, like oh my for all God. these people like that's like i'm surprised that there hasn't been a total like hasn't been a total overhaul of our social security system because of this hack one of my friends that used to work at uh, uh the houston tribune whenever he first got there their security computer was an apple II. And this was like in 2010 that they were still running oh, an Apple II wow. as their security. Wow. Well, you, you'd be surprised. A lot of places, like you know, our nuclear silos are all powered off of PCs from the 1960s and 70s. Well, they're still using floppies. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. What? That's how they secure all their stuff is with floppy disks. Same thing with Boeing. Our whole nuclear less uh, likely system. to get hacked, maybe. Maybe I, I don't know the deal, yeah, but I mean, we pump what seven hundred and fifty billion a year, and they can't update their computers. I know. They're obviously, it's probably a little more nuanced and complex than what I'm saying. I know. But I mean, yeah. like, you should be able to upgrade your computer for pumping in more money than billion. anyone's ever seen in their life. So, like, I, I don't know. Here's another thing that floored me the other day: uh, a bunch of the Boeing airplanes that are still being constructed, whenever they need to get updated, they're still using floppy disk to update their planes. So yeah, modern actually, planes you're running on? My one? friend uh, is in the Air Force, and he's a part of a flight team on, like, this Boeing plane. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to have to ask him about that. But he says, like, whenever there's, like, serious problems, like, they have to call Boeing's customer support. <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah. yeah, they said, like, they have to call, like, it has to be super severe, and they pick up right away. But, like, if you're having problems and, like, you don't know how to fix it, no one on the crew knows how to fix it, like, they call Boeing's customer service hotline. So imagine God. you're going down and you're just like, fuck, we need to call Boeing. And they call it and you just say, da, 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 da. <laughs> You'll be da, da. on. Sorry. Yeah. So the current Next. expected wait time is 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> 15 minutes <laughs> we are going down now, bitch. Like, operator, <laughs> operator, <laughs> operator, operator. Bro, I see the ocean. This isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, I want to ask you another question. Um... So what what kind of so regarding AI what kind of like help do you think that they could provide like AI could pro per, excuse me could provide in combating like cyber attacks and stuff like that? Uh, basically, it'll just predict it before it even happen, or they'll do like one of the things a lot of uh, people in the pen testing community are concerned about is that what if they program AI to be better penetration testers than any human? So it'll Ooh, find right. literally all you have to do is just press the enter button. It'll uh -huh. find every single vulnerability in your uh, right. So, so would this kind of eliminate the security analyst type of job? Or, well, no, because or then there will be AIs that could be done the opposite way. You know, right? Like, Ooh, you could have AI right. that could find different. So, like that, that's the thing. Everything's going to be automated in the future. Like even lawyers are going to be automated. Like I, I know that sounds dumb, but like a lot of what lawyers know and learn. They won't have to know and learn like how yeah. ai do everything and all you have to do is just be a good writer and so that's the thing we're entering a new phase of humanity that is just unprecedented to any uh phase before and that's none of us have a guidebook none of us know how to navigate it mm -hmm. none yeah, of us just, know what's going to happen and the you know yeah. the economy as we know it since the beginning of human history is going to change as well because there's we're not going to have to do anything because we've already automated everything that we need to do. Yeah. This so it's is like, what are we going to do as humanity? What are we going to have to, what are we going to have to learn? What are we going to have to know? How are we going to live? How are we going to decide what work? Cause like literally how we've determined the lower middle and upper class is by what they do, how they make money. And they basically everything that an AI mm -hmm. does is going to be able to do or everything a robot's going to do. So we're gonna to have to rethink economics as a whole. On on a more relaxed state, uh, I Cole told me that you were big into conspiracies, right? Uh no, I'm not big into conspiracies. <laughs> I, I have a couple. I, I, I have a couple that I believe, but I'm not big into conspiracies. Okay, so uh, the question was, uh, what conspiracy theories have you been really interested in lately? And and I, and I wanted to state whenever I told you Austin that he was kind of in conspiracy theories, I thought like he like he knows about conspiracy theories. It's not like he's a full on conspiracy believer. Like he's not like oh, yeah, he's I not the leader of anti vax. Of like he's not. Of course, I don't believe that. But like <laughs> you know, yeah. No, 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 no. Like, like I'm into conspiracy theories, so like I look up conspiracy theories yeah. and do research on them. But yeah. you know, I don't believe everything I see. Of course, one hundred percent. Right. They're interesting. Always, They're very interesting. Always, yeah, no, it's always good to have skepticism. Like, we, we need to have skepticism, mm -hmm. but we have to keep in reality because there's a lot of conspiracy right. theories that are just 
bonkers. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, of and course. the thing of is, course. whenever yeah. you go off the rails, like, yeah, like people kind of turn it into a game. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that it really devalues from like the real crimes that are being committed. Oh yeah. Like, for example, yeah. like, do I believe that there are a ton of rich people who are molesting children? Absolutely. Well, yeah. I, I think it's been proven I, beyond I a doubt at this point that there's yeah. a group of very wealthy people and very powerful people who are molesting children. Like, yeah, pedophile rings. Like, but there's sure. also, it gets taken to extreme with some people with the QAnon stuff. Like, like you've heard about that? Uh, can you explain what QAnon that, is for yeah, people yeah. at home? What is that? Yeah. Basically, the QAnon people, they believe that not only is there a pedophile ring, but they're also satanic cannibals, and it's being led by uh, Hollywood elites and mm -hmm. Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. Right, I, I watched, that, I watched just, the documentary about that. Yeah, dude, and it's just, I that that just it's one of those things that takes it too far. It, it's one of those things because there are real child pedophiles that are they these are. rich and powerful people. Mm -hmm. But saying that they're satanic cannibals, all you're doing is just making the real you know, real evidence of them being criminals. Yeah, it, it, it diminishes the silly. actual yeah. potential yeah. there is. It's kind of like mm -hmm. when uh, the boy cried wolf type deal, mm -hmm. you know. As we continue to, you know, wrap this entire podcast up and everything, is there any question uh, or topic that we should have talked about with you that you think we didn't talk about? And what is that? No, uh, well, I haven't really, so I, I really don't know much about what happened at the Neuralink. Uh, like I, I know a little bit that uh, it's supposed to help people with uh, brain injuries, with sight mm -hmm. problems, with spine problems. Mm -hmm. So like, one of the things that I think that would help the public trust it a little bit is not giving it any ability to connect to Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. The whole the whole thing about Neuralink is it's like based around Bluetooth. Yeah, it's based uh, I know, around Bluetooth. It, I know, but like they they need to go. It may be Bluetooth, like a super strong Bluetooth connection to other peripherals. Like I think if you have a heart yeah. monitor. Or if you have like some sort of uh, new, like say for example, there's a company that comes out with a new way to replace leg bones if you break it, and mm -hmm. they put like a little monitor on there, like a way to connect, you know, your Neuralink to that. Yeah. But like, if you don't give it any way for it to have any sort of outside connection, you don't have to worry about yeah. any outside yeah. intrusion from not only third-party right. hackers. But also from Neuralink itself. You know? So I think they're they're using the term Bluetooth just as a layman's term because it's like most people they might end up making their own proprietary yeah wireless and that's what they're going to have to do. Yeah, I think and that's what they're doing. They're using Bluetooth as off. A, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, as soon as you close it off, you're not able to have the superhuman intelligence that uh, Neuralink could offer one day. Like you know, the, the, instead of having to look up something and know it. You already know, like you just. I know, able but there's just so many risks it. with that. Yeah, there are there are tons of risk. Like I think this is going to be one of the biggest issues as far as like cybersecurity that we have to deal with because you're dealing with people's brains and right. maybe they start That's off with a, a closed server uh, internet base where you can do like basic functions rather than just like mm -hmm. okay we're gonna turn on Google today like it's it's gonna have to be right. like a slow depository of information that's added and yeah. I think it might have to be controlled entirely by um, Neuralink. Uh, so you can only access it one way and you can only access it. I mean, it's going to be very difficult and I'm not going to pretend like I know anything about cybersecurity, but I do realize the... Well, uh, it's not just the cybersecurity side, but there's so many aspects. Like, how are they getting the power for it? Like, obviously they have ways that they've been demonstrating it to get electricity to it. Mm -hmm. It's like how... If there's a new version of the Neuralink with a better processor, like do you have to go under the knife again? How many years right. do you have to wait to upgrade? So what is the healthy amount? Like, like where, like, do you really want to be a? Because like being a, a you know early adopter for a smartphone is one thing. Like yeah, it inconvenience you, and yeah, it might screw up you know your scheduling for work, and it might affect you that way. But if you're an early adopter for something like Neuralink. And then there's a problem where it doesn't properly ventilate the electricity or something weird like that. And it actually just short circuits your brain and kills you. Like the reward is, like you said, it's boundless. You know, being able to connect to that much information and that much technology in an instant is all plugged into you. Like there, it's literally you'll be a superhuman. Mm -hmm. but the problem is you'll have so many vulnerabilities too. No matter even if it's 256-bit encryption or if there's a new encryption method that's – there's always – nothing's unhackable. And that's and that's one of the things that they showed last night is uh, well, there's two things I wanted to bring up. Uh, when they showed last night is um, 
how easy it is to get Neuralink taken out, right? So they, you should look into the three little pigs experiments. It's very interesting. Um, but they had one the pig that's normal. Oh, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but like I said, you know, like what we were talking about earlier is that, you know, they're salesmen. They're, they're telling you these things. We don't know that for a fact until we see it in people. Like if, it, if it's true, like we start seeing people get it, you know, removed from their brains easily. Then I, you know, then it's like 100% guaranteed. Thing. So here's one but thing I do want to bring in to perspective, now. right? Now you do need to have this skepticism, and I agree with it. Um, but this might put a little uh, people at, at ease. Is whenever you're doing things like medically, you have to go through the FDA. So the FDA is going to rigorously test this, and that's one of the things that they have to make sure of uh, for the FDA to approve something of a medical device in this degree. Cause the Utah array went through some insane, insane FDA loopholes and they had to really work to get it. But anyway, um, Josh, one final question before we wrap up, man. Um, so do you see yourself in your career in cybersecurity long-term? Yeah. So I think I'm doing it for a long-term because like I've had different phases and stuff. I, I think that I'm uh, my prefrontal cortex is forming to the point where I'm starting to enjoy things long term now. I, okay. I know what I really like. Things aren't just phases anymore for me. So, and also, there's a lot of money in it. Uh, and like, I, I just I don't want to be famous, but I do want to mm-hmm. have a lot of money. <laughs> like, I, I want to live comfortably. I want, I want, I want to have a decent house. You know? when you have enough. But yeah, where uh, can we find more about cybersecurity? Uh, free code camp. Uh, I'm not okay. sponsored or anything. No, yeah, sponsored, yeah. So that's like a huge resource I use. Uh, I use YouTube a lot. And then honestly, the best thing you could do to learn is just go hands on with it and just make sure mm-hmm. you don't accidentally hack anybody. <laughs> like, like don't, don't accidentally do an in-map attack on somebody. Um, but like uh, installing a VM, uh, whether you use VirtualBox or VMware and installing Parrot OS, Kali Linux, one of those two, those two mm-hmm. are the best. And just playing around with the programs that are in there. Uh, do you have any social media accounts? Oh, I don't want people to know my social media. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, even if I get famous, nobody's getting my social media. Okay. All right, All right man. I, I like, I like Understandable. shit and I don't want people uh, coming and going, um, actually, I, I just like well, messing actually. with you. Well, thank you, Thanks Josh, so much. so much for coming thank on. You. Guys, it's been a wonderful podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being alive. Uh, it's a beautiful day. Go enjoy the week. Uh, from us at Absurd Curiosity Podcast. Bye. Bye, Bye y'all. Peace.